Podcast. I'm Bruin Chunker, joined as always by Jacob Steinberg. Jacob, how are you, man? I'm good. Giants just won, so first place in the NFC East. Very happy right now. We'll see if that holds. Uh, Got to wait to see what happens tomorrow night in Philly, but uh, hopefully uh, they stay in first place after tomorrow. And listen, my Washington football team is either going to win the division or get a top five pick. I'm fine either way. I'm not worried. But yeah, uh, we're not talking about the NFL today, but we are talking about football. Indiana defeated the Maryland Terrapins 27-11. to I don't know if it was really surprising outcome just because, you know, Indiana's a great team, but I think it was surprising just in the way it happened. I I think you and I both assumed that if Maryland was going to lose this game, it was going to be because of a shootout, right? They're just not going to be able to stop uh, Indiana's offense. And for a large part, they were able to stop Indiana's offense. And it was the offense. It was Maryland's offense. That was a big problem. First time playing in two weeks, there was clearly a huge amount of rust. So, we didn't see a lot of notable players. I think Maryland had 23 guys out with uh, COVID. We don't know the specific names, but we do know that some notable guys didn't play. Who are the most notable names that you didn't see play? Uh, well, we'll start offensively. Johnny Jordan, Marcus Minor, Rakim Jarrett, Jay Sean Jones, and Jake Funk were the big five um, that were out. And you could tell that Maryland. I thought off- Rakim Jarrett played. No, well, so it was funny, actually, because Brian Cobbs in the first drive caught two passes, and the announcer kept calling him Rakim Jarrett. And mm-hmm. then eventually realized that Rakim was out. So oh, okay. uh, Jarrett, J- Jarrett and Jones were both out. And then uh, Jake Funk was out in the running game. So we saw a lot of uh, Isaiah Jacobs and Penny Boone. That was actually a nice bright spot. Penny Boone uh, had a nice mm-hmm. uh, elusive leap yesterday at uh, 240 nice. pounds, which was quite impressive. But yeah, uh, you talked about the losses of Jordan and Minor. Obviously, the offensive line has been a huge bright spot for Maryland this season. And so to see that was less than ideal and you I think you saw uh Talia looked uncomfortable in the pocket defensively I know they were missing Tarheep still and Nick Cross were there any other big names that they were missing uh those were those were the those were the big two I don't remember Ace Ely playing uh I could be wrong but I don't remember Ace playing very much so that's a big guy in the linebacking core but Tarheeb and Nick Cross were definitely the two biggest uh guys that were missing defensively right and so Maryland, it was weird because the defense was playing exceptionally well for Maryland, especially in the first half. I mean, they were were down, what, 7-3 at half, and the defense was just forcing three and out after three and out. You know, part of that was because Michael Penix, uh, the Indiana quarterback, wasn't at his best. He looked rattled. But listen, the defense was playing exceptionally without two of their best players in uh, cross and still, but it was the offense that was really disappointing. And I – they moved the ball so exceptionally well, but it just felt like they kept shooting themselves in the foot again and again and again. They'd get into the 20 and then they'd forget how to play football. And it was really disappointing to see just, I mean, the first drive, I think was an early indicator for how the game was going to go when they drove all the way down and then were just unable to make the field goal. And after uh, Talia missed a wide open Demas in the end zone, it was, it was just a very frustrating – I think I texted you. I was like, man, if they lose this, it's going to be very frustrating because they didn't get outplayed by the number 12 team in the country. 
No, you're hundred percent right. They didn't. And like you said, that, that first drive is really an indicator of the poor execution that the Maryland offense had throughout and throughout. And Talia talked about how big of a disappointment that was for him. He said, he knows he needs to make that throw. He said he can't be aiming uh, his throw, which is what he did, which he attributed it to why the ball sailed out of the back of the end zone. And like you said, once Petrino went on the field and missed that 29 yard chip shot, it was definitely took all the momentum away. Maryland's defense bounced right back, forced a three and out. Like you said, they were excellent throughout the first half, but Maryland should, ha- should not have been trailing yesterday at the end of the first half down seven, three, they had so many opportunities. And like you said, they shot themselves in the foot with several penalties on the fringe of the red zone and just missed balls by Talia. I mean, not only the first uh, miss pass Italia through, but the second one, Dante Demas, which would have been a touchdown for Maryland. He was open up the seam. Talia threw it behind him. It hit off Demas's outstretched arms. And then it fell into the arms of Taiwan Mullen, the cornerback for Indiana, which was the first of Talia's three interceptions on the day. So he was definitely out of a rhythm, out of rhythm. Maryland's whole offense was out of rhythm, but you also have to give a lot of credit to Indiana's defense because not only are they one of the best defenses in the big 10, but they're also one of the best defenses in the country as well. See, I agree that the Indiana defense was okay, but honestly, I feel like this was much more a game that Maryland lost, especially in the first half. I mean, first drive, Talia has Demas wide open. I mean, there's not anyone within 10 yards of him either direction. On the, I think it was a second, I think it was a second pick, I think. He had the receiver open as well there too. He just missed it, threw it to the back shoulder instead of the front shoulder. You You saw again and again and again, he just missed throws and you, you, that's something you haven't seen from him this year. And it was really unfortunate because it spoiled a really good day for this Maryland defense. Look at this. Michael Penix jr. Six of 19 for 84 yards added 29 yards on the ground. Uh, Ty Freifogel had two catches for 10 yards. I mean, he'd been tearing up the entire big 10 and without their best corner and best safety, they didn't give up anything. I mean, you, you got to talk at the post game press conference. Did Loxley say at all what they were doing that really helped them neutralized for the large part this offense well they talked about how their game plan all week and Antoine Richardson talked about it after the game as well was they knew that Indiana was an explosive offense that capitalized on big plays in the passing game and they were not going to get beat beat deep they had they had that one high safety look and they were playing man across the board and the Maryland secondary in large part outside of an occasional pass interference or two penalty did their job they won their individual matchups and that was really impressive considering as we talked about earlier missing guys like Nick Cross and Tarheeb Stiller who are two of the better players in the secondary to still have the performance they did was really impressive. And it made it even more frustrating for Maryland because coach Loxley talked about it after the game. He said, we executed in two out of the three phases of the game and offense. We just did not execute whatsoever. And obviously coach Loxley is an offensive minded coach. So he was really frustrated with that. And he took a lot of the onus on himself and said, I didn't have the guys prepared and I need to do a much better job preparing them moving forward. So I give him credit for that. I also tweeted it after the game, but I have to give a lot of credit to Talia as well, because I know after the Northwestern game you were there as well he came out spoke to the media after his poor performance owned all of his mistakes and he did the exact same thing yesterday so we'll see if talia can bounce back the final two games of the regular season with better performances but it shows a a lot of maturity and and why his teammates really love him from the young quarterback which impressed me a lot as well yeah i'm not really worried about him like this this was a one-off game i don't think this is going to be a regular thing for him where you know he's having he's had some bad games right I, i think he has some turnover issues just in terms of he forces a ball sometimes tries to do a little bit too much but he's been he's been pretty good so far so i'm not i'm not too worried about him uh i just think it was a bad day you know i mean because they moved the ball so well they ran the ball extremely efficiently they were they were marching up and down the field and then 
just a couple plays here and there. You know, it's a game of inches and it's a game of a couple plays and they weren't able to make it. You know, something interesting that I saw is uh, the uh, Indiana running back, Tim Baldwin. He actually uh, grew up like 15 minutes away from where I live, which is cool. He went to high school like 15 minutes away, so that's interesting. He had a big, he had a big game yesterday, over 100 yes. yards. And 16 the other, for 106. Yeah, the other thing that I was going to say is about Michael Penix, which was pretty crazy just thinking about it. So at the his half, accuracy is bad. Sorry, I'm 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 going to interrupt you here. His accuracy is so bad. What I mean, this is the dude that's been lighting everyone up on fire. He light, lit up Ohio State a week ago. Was this? I mean, was there something on the ball today? Because both quarterbacks, which are normally pretty accurate, just were not at all today. Yeah, I, I don't. It's a, it's a real it's a really good question because, like you said, Penix looked completely out of a rhythm. I mean, like I was saying at the half, he was two for 15 for 37 yards. And one of those completions was a batted pass at the line for no gain. And the other one was on a free play where he just threw it up and his six oh, yeah. four receiver, miles My- Marshall caught it for 37 yards. So theoretically, at least in my mind, although he caught it, Michael Penix was essentially 0 for 17 for zero yards at the half, considering that the one the one big play that he had, was just he threw it up in the air and the receiver made a play on it. So I was really impressed with Maryland's defense. But yeah, it's a really good question because, like you said, it wasn't only Penix that struggled yesterday. Uh, Talier was really poor as well. So maybe there's uh, something in the water in uh, Bloomington that um, makes those quarterbacks struggle. Also, when Joseph Petrino missed the 29-yard attempt, I saw a, a tweet from one of the Indiana beat writers uh, at that time, no kicker had made a field goal this year against Indiana what after the, he missed. I'm telling you, man, like they're rubbing baby oil on the ball. They're, they're doing something to it. I, I demand an investigation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, um, that 37-yard play was very irritating because I, I remember I was watching it, and I, I don't remember who the defensive back was, and I don't really want to crap on the defensive backs today because they played really well for the most part. But on that one play – Dude just waited for the ball to come down and the Indiana receiver just jumped right in front of him. It was one of the most aggravating things. Just go up and get the ball, man. But uh, sheesh, that was a frustrating game. It is interesting, though. Maryland's two losses so far this year have been to top 15 teams. Although, yeah, Northwestern's loss does look does looks really bad right now. Yeah, Michigan State may only have two wins, but they have two very marquee wins for the program. They beat Michigan. I mean, Mel Tucker already has more impressive wins in his first year at Michigan State than John Harbaugh has in in his six years at Michigan. Okay, Jim. uh, Jim I I saw that on Twitter yesterday, but it's 100% true when you think about it. So Mel Tucker has two very impressive wins this year, beating Michigan and then beating Northwestern yesterday. So I still think Northwestern is is a very, very, very good Their defense is on another level. They're, I think their their defense is not only one of the best in the Big Ten, but also one of the best nationally. Yeah. Just a frustrating day. Just a very annoying... Annoying, I think, is the best way to say it, just because I think you kind of knew. Like, I, I felt like after the first drive, you were like, oh, man, this is the kind... I feel like that's the most frustrating kind of game to lose, where you, your offense is marching up and down the field, and then, you know, they get to the 20, and then, oh, it's a sack, and you're at a field goal range. Oh, you threw a pick. Oh, you threw another pick. Oh, you threw a third pick. But whatever. Uh, do you want to do game balls and Heimlich? We're going to... So, I've been trying to think of what the opposite of a game ball is, and I decided to go with Heimlich just because... It means like you choked and someone had to rescue you. It's very complicated and probably needs a better term. So if you have a better term, please let us know. Uh, DM us or something, or just say it on Twitter in front of everyone. Um, so we're going to go with our game balls and Heimlich's. Jacob, who are your game balls to? There should not be too many outside of the defense. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a game ball because I can't really pick on one guy. I'll give it collectively to the Maryland secondary. They just mm-hmm. did a really solid job throughout. And I mean, the defense, the they gave up over 200 yards rushing, but I, I don't I attribute that to them being on the field so much. I mean, Indiana had over 39 minutes of possession, and in this they got most of their rushing yards in the second half when Maryland's offense was unable to move the ball like they were in the first half. So I was really impressed with Maryland's secondary overall. Guys like Kenny Bennett, Jacorian Bennett, Antoine Richardson, Deontay Banks, they they did their job very well and it should be uh, bodes very well for Maryland moving forward with guys like Nick Cross and Tarheep still hopefully coming back soon because those of the 23 players, eight of them are going to be able to come back next Saturday for Michigan because we obviously don't know who those eight players are, but Maryland should be getting some guys back next week. So if it's those guys in the secondary, I'm expecting a very strong performance against a very, very poor Michigan offense. Yeah, uh, very poor Michigan. You think uh, I think Harbaugh gets run out of town after this year? I don't see how he keeps his. Maybe job. he'll stay in state and go to the Lions after they fired Matt Patricia. There we go. Okay, yo, you, 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 you're putting out some devilish ideas. Poor, poor Michigan man. <laughs> poor Michigan fans. They gotta go from Matt Patricia to Jim Harbaugh. Oh man. No, uh, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give my ball to the two young running backs, Penny Boone and Isaiah Jacobs. I've been very hard on Jacobs for his fumbling issues so far this year, but no fumbles today. At least I don't think so. And Yeah, no fumbles today. And then Penny Boone, uh, incredibly elusive. I did not know he had that kind of juice in him. I'm not going to lie. He did not seem like a guy who would run around people rather than run through them, but he showed today. He can do both. Yeah, I think those are both good choices. Like like you said, Penny Boone definitely showed his his elusiveness. Isaiah Jacobs had 23 yards on the opening drive, showed a little bit of a burst. Coach Loxley said post game that he had a little bit of heavy legs because both him and Penny Boone got more work during practice typically than they were used to. So that kind of gave Penny Boone more of the load. But it should be interesting moving forward when Jay comes back to see how those two freshman running backs are incorporated into the offense considering the success they had against Indiana. Yep. Uh, I'll also give... Oh, another guy that didn't seem to play. Did Jason Jones play at all? He didn't catch. He didn't catch anything. Uh, he didn't play. I, I'm assuming he was one of the 23 guys that was okay. out of COVID, but I, I don't know that officially. But he did not play yesterday. Another game ball. Dante Demas, six catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Some of it came in garbage time. Let's let's be real. You know, game was over when he caught that deep pass, but still caught it. Still impressive. Um, he's showing he's a number one receiver, and so. Shouts to him. I really don't have much to say on this game. It was it was an incredibly boring game too, especially in the second half, just because they were just kind of killing the clock. Uh, you want to go to Heimlich? Do you have any more game balls to give out? No, I was going to say the only the other guy I was going to say for a game ball you said was Demas. I was also going to say if you if you bet the under and you like punts, this was certainly the game for you. There was plenty yeah, of it, plenty of incredible. plenty of three and outs. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll go. We will go to Heimlich's obvious one, Talia. You got to give it to Talia, right? I mean, he's been incredible this year. He's the quarterback of the future, and we're all very excited to see what he's going to do. Played really badly today. I mean, those first two interceptions are both inexcusable. The miss to Demas in the end zone, inexcusable. Those are throws that you have to make, even if you're on the run. I don't care. You got to make those throws. Yeah, Talia is the obvious one, as you said, for a, a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, just throws he, he can and really shouldn't miss. And he knows that uh, he can miss. Another one I'll give is just the offensive line, some of the penalties, some of the um, illegal formations, whether it was from them or some of the receivers. Uh, it was just a really frustrating because, like you said, a lot of them came when they were either in the red zone or on the fringe of the red zone. And they all the, obviously penalties are always costly. But Maryland's yesterday were very untimely, considering that they were on the fringe of when they were going to score and kind of gain back uh, some momentum and 
it, it, it was really tough to see for Maryland, but you know, it, it's kind of what to be expected after a two week hiatus uh, with a lot of key guys out. So we'll see if they return some of those key guys next week, if they should bounce back because offense is definitely going to be a big focal point in practice throughout the week because coach Loxley was very frustrated in yesterday's press conference. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's all I've got. I don't really have much else to say on this game. Like I said, guys, we're going to keep these post-game pods a little bit shorter than usual, especially we don't have a guest today. So we're going to be bringing on some more guests in the future. Uh, plus, I'm not going to lie, there was nothing to talk about from this game. Just an absolute bore. we got two games left this season. Maryland's 2-2, two and two, two losses to ranked opponents. They're playing two unranked opponents for the next two weeks. I think they're expected. I think you'd expect them to finish the year 4-2 and two at this point with the way they've played, right? I certainly think they should beat Michigan, but I would not underestimate this Rutgers team. They're completely changed. Yeah, Drake Fiona now. They had a big win yesterday on the road against Purdue, 37-30. They, their offense is much more explosive in the, in, than in the past, and they have a couple really talented guys on defense. So I definitely expect them to beat Michigan, but I actually think Rutgers is going to be a tough test for Maryland. But I'll give them the edge in that one, considering the game's in College Park and not Piscataway. That is correct. Um, okay. Uh, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast if you have not yet. Everything helps. It helps with the algorithms. You know, got to get them numbers. Uh, you can find Jacob's work on WMUC Sports. He's going to be covering uh, any number of things. Football, basketball. Shoot, they might put you on water polo at some point. Uh, I am at Diamond, the Diamondback Sports. The Diamondbacks? I don't know. I'm at the Diamondback covering sports, covering women's basketball. They are supposed to be really good, and they have been really far. They're a really fun team, so go check out my work there. You can find our Twitter bios in the description of this podcast. Please give us both a follow and follow at WMUC Sports. Check out the other podcasts there, too. Why not? Uh, until next time, this is the Hail Maryland Podcast. Mm-hmm.